there are certainly days where the hope just vanishes. A quick check of the news, a walk around the block seeing lines of people wearing masks, watching a virtual graduation. Whatever hope you had in reserve just goes poof, a tiny cloud of pink smoke. In your body, you know that this, the way things are now in month four of quarantine, is just not the way things are supposed to be, and it triggers a weird sensation of existing in what feels like a parallel dimension. Do you feel that? As someone who has traversed the multiverse, I know what I'm talking about. It's the same street, the same people, but nothing is as it's supposed to be. But even with the cosmic experiences I've had, with all the energy movement work that Kalinda and I have done on various communes and naked before several vortexes in Sedona, and even with lots of time to try and grok the situation, there are whole days where I find myself grasping in the dark, utterly at a loss for the necessary words with which to comprehend just how bad this moment is. And while we applaud and participate in the rebellion for finally acknowledging that Black Lives Matter, and while we have spent June celebrating the strides of gay, queer, trans America, there's also a lot of overwhelmingly bad stuff that makes any amount of joy just hard to come by. And also, to feel joy at this moment, well, I don't know about you, but it feels wrong, stolen, ignoring the pain. But goddess, I need to look away for a moment to refocus and recommit to just making it through the day. So let's do that together. Let's find an hour or so here where we can share a little warmth, offer a little comfort, and find hope in that place we call the deep night. French. Hello, it's me, Dale Seaver, and I'm so glad to be here with you. We come to you tonight, as we always do, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. The show tonight is the audio from our live streaming show held on June 17th. Now, if you prefer, we've also made the show available in its entirety and in shorter segments focused on each guest, uh, which are viewable on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Radio. And I no, the audio on these is what it is, a little wonky, but we had such a good time, I want to share it with you in every form. And I realize that uh, might risk another two-star review from whoever found time during a global pandemic to give us one of those in Apple Podcasts. I mean, you could have said nothing, but okay. Good note. And uh, don't worry, I'll think about it every day until I move on from this earthly realm. <laughs> realm, so thanks for that, anonymous internet user. Honestly, it feels kind of good to have to obsess about a heckler after all this time. <sighs> anyway, the show tonight was a delight, and I don't know, doing these shows, it's like having a shot of bourbon just warms me right through, even with everything going on. So maybe you'll also have that experience. I might have to just keep doing these after, if we ever open up again. The Black Plague lasted 800 years, so it may be a while before basement comedy shows return, <laughs> or you may have to settle in for a lot of these Zoom shows. Anyhow, uh, this show features my guests in order of appearance, Claire Austin Smith from Chicago, Young Me Mayer from New York, Chanel Ali, also from New York, but sequestered somewhere in the mountains of Pennsylvania, and Nicole Thurman, who is in Los Angeles. We had music from Jen Mundia, who debuted her new musical persona, Esabalu, with a new track, Wildfire. And we had artwork this time around from Trudy Ann Hemans. The show was produced by Shannon Manning at Good Orbit. And, of course, I'm here, too. <laughs> trying to ride the live stream. And uh, I get a little worried every time at the beginning of these that we're not actually live or something's off. Anyhow, anxieties are fun, and they never leave you. So uh, don't let that stop you from enjoying this one, our live show from June 17th, recorded via Zoom uh, from our deep night quarantine in HQ. My goodness. <laughs> ah, hello, friends. Ah, hello and welcome to the deep 
night. Uh, we're coming to you on the live stream, uh, being broadcast from that which connects us all, uh, the foul banks of the Gowanus Canal. And when you live this close to a super fun site, mask wearing is never uh, uh, an option. <laughs> Right. You have to wear one. Now, I'm Dale Shiver, and uh, I am your host, guide, and guru through this next hour of regrets and revelations. This mask that I was wearing uh, was made for me uh, by the great Leah Tanari, and it is as uh, disturbing as it is practical. Now, here at Deep Night HQ, oh, we have all the comforts of quarantine. Helicopters circling above, fireworks nonstop from sundown to sunup, and a nagging feeling that nothing's ever going to change. But I'm trying to remain optimistic and hopeful and positive. Uh, I really am. Every day I get up around 11, and uh, that's after I get to sleep around 4 a.m., and I try to focus on my breathing, and if it's a little bit shallow, uh, <laughs> well, then I start to think, oh my gosh, uh, do I have it? Uh, but uh, <laughs> then I remember, you know, I haven't been outside uh, in four months other than to run out and grab a package of yeast and some light bulbs and to have a good cry on the sidewalk. So, uh, <laughs> Chances are it's uh, probably just allergies, right? Now, uh, I do want to uh, address uh, my fellow wellness influencers out there. We're a mighty force in this country, a billion-dollar industry of incense uh, diffusers and uh, mugs that change color when you pour matcha into them. And uh, uh, you see, but posting one black square uh, on your Instagram, then going back to yoga selfies, it's probably not the best expression of your commitment to racial and social justice. Uh, you know, I like seeing uh, people drinking mushroom tea from the back of a camper van, or I like seeing uh, uh, blow-up pictures of dream catchers with a text uh, over, over it that says uh, something with a misattributed quote, like, uh, you miss 100% of the dreams you don't catch, uh, which is definitely not by James Baldwin, uh, by the way. But if your feed is all that and then one black square, oh, do better, do better. Consider that black square a void of your own uh, uh, understanding, right? And fill that void with uh, compassion and advocacy and action. Why not? Let's, let's, we don't need to have that big gaping hole there. You can do better. And now I feel like I'm... <laughs> influencing wellness instead of the other way around. And that feels good. But now we have to get on with things. We have to get on with things because we only have this space uh, for an hour or so as my wife, Galinda, needs the room for her midsummer planning committee. Uh, I gather her friend Donna Otter used to work at Pier 1 before that went under, and she has just a garage full of wicker furniture that they're eager to turn into a burnable effigy of the patriarchy. Now, I suggested maybe we just go hold hands at the IKEA parking lot and share our feelings but they're pretty into this wicker man thing. So <laughs> we'll let them do it. Now uh, we do have to honor the solstice. It's coming up. We're going to honor it uh, tonight. Although if ever there was a year that didn't need a day that was a little bit longer, 2020 is it. What do we need an extra hour to enjoy murder hornets? Uh, like a little extra time to watch a round boy, not wear a mask as he sips from a beer. Oh, no, I think we'll probably be okay uh, without that. Listen, we have a great show for you tonight. We got some amazing guests. Uh, but first, first, oh, I'd like to check in with our musical guest for the evening. Uh, Jen Mundia is here. Jen, uh, are you there? Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing okay. And it uh, looks like you're in a very comfortable situation there. <laughs> Welcome to my bedroom. Yes, a very intimate situation. Now, as I understand it, you're going to be doing a new song tonight later? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. And are you going to, you're performing under a different name? Yeah. So, uh, Drop to Do Project, the artist's name is Esabalu. Esabalu. And a new single came out Monday and a music video dropped today. That's terribly exciting. Uh, and we'll try to keep uh, two different identities in a. <laughs> together i gather it could be confusing though i have no experience with it myself <laughs> all right now uh, i wonder i brought you in first because i wonder if you could do me a favor to play a little bit of sitting down music i'll get back up and then sit back down and if you can play me something just low and slow like a cicada emerging out of the ground after 17 years looking around and thinking 
mm, nope, not this year, and going back in. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you come on over, Valerie? Slower. <laughs> Valerie. There you go. Oh, gosh, that was wonderful, Jen. Uh, perfect. Uh, very good sitting down uh, music. So you'll be back in a bit with this new song, New Identity? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Thank you so much. And uh, listen, our thanks to Shannon at Good Orbit for producing the show tonight. Now, let's get uh, to this. Our first guest is a very funny comedian based in Chicago. She's been part of the Onion Comedy and Arts Fest, the Lady Laughs Festival. She ran quite a few shows out there including uh, Just Us Gals. She's open for some great people. Here she is, Claire Austin Smith. Claire! Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hello, how are you faring? Oh, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay. It's finally got nice out in Chicago, and I feel like, um, you know, it's nice to see that. I guess that my words fail me. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it can be difficult. Uh, but uh, Chicago, a place where I've had many a weird night, uh, often brought on by some old style. Uh, mm -hmm. For a time, it was influenced by a very ill-advised mustache. And, uh, you know, whenever the evening ends up with me crying outside of a rainforest cafe, <laughs> I, I know I'm in Chicago. <laughs> well, there you go. And you made it downtown. That's where the Rainforest Cafe is. You know, you're in the yes. loop. So something must have gone wrong. <laughs> oh, it yeah. went very wrong, Claire. <laughs> now, how are your preparations for the solstice going? Well, you know, it's funny you bring this up because my mom is an artist and she dyes textiles and makes a lot of abstract vagina imagery in her work. And I guarantee you she's having like a women's group going down to having a socially distanced fire by the lake for the solstice whenever I don't, is that coming up soon? Should I know this? Yes. This weekend. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah, that's happening this weekend. She does it every year. You have to, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, if you're involved in that sort of enterprise with uh, vaginal sculptures and fires down by the mm -hmm. water, that's an annual occurrence as far as I'm concerned. You really can't afford to skip it. No, <laughs> no, you can't. Now, do you go to that kind of a thing? No, I let her do her own thing. I'll do okay. my own. I don't, I don't know. I like the solstice. I think it's cool. I don't want to hang out with my mom's book club friends and like <laughs> get topless. <laughs> no. no, yes. Have you ever been at a party where you thought, gosh, this scene is just not for me, but you stick around anyway to see how it turns out? Oh, totally. Yeah. It's like you kind of become a weird voyeur. You're like, I don't really want to talk to anybody, but I just kind of want to see. <laughs> right. Just see how this pans out with these ladies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and did you grow up around that kind of thing? Was it was always uh, this uh, ritual? Well, she, my mom's always been like a new agey, like the Miss of Avalon, like has books about Wicca. She describes herself as a recovering Catholic. So uh -huh. I feel like she's just gone full, like, you know, shiatsu massage therapist, Chinese medicine, sort of hippie lady, which is great. I'm happy for her. Yeah. And uh, the the clothing, we don't have to make it all about your mother, but the, the, the she's a uh, dying. <laughs> it already <clothing>. is. No. <laughs> <laughs> the clothing, is it with textiles? Is that what she's doing? She's doing tie dye, that kind of thing? Kind of. Well, she does like wall hangings and quilts and silk screens. So she'll silk screen her fabric and like sew it into a wall hanging. It's kind of abstract. Yeah. Still with lady parts or any, anything? It's like, you know, she's expanded, but there's a lot of like diamonds and oval shapes that you can kind of see where she's going in like the, the vaginal imagery way, I think. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's good to keep it active, manifest yeah. some powerful female energy. It's always uh, <laughs> needed. Uh, well, one of the reasons I, I wanted to have you on, speaking of female energy, is because you've made such funny videos uh, recently. <laughs> um, some of them may be expressing a little bit of uh, loneliness in quarantine. In quarantine. Uh, are, are you lonely there? Is it? Well, are you, you mean the one where it was like, if someone broke into my house, I'd ask them to stay? Yes, you were happy to be burgled. Yes, yeah, so happy to be burgled to see another human face. Um, well, I have to say, lonely feels like a stretch because I am at my parents' house. So I have been around people, 
which is, you know, great, but I've never been more conscious of the generational divide. <laughs> so <laughs> spending four months at home. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, can really uh, bring some old feelings back to the surface, I bet. Oh, totally. Yes, but it's fun to process things. Now, uh, you also <laughs> have been doing these, uh, uh, you have a show that gives advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And explain that to me because people call in. So, well, I would, that's my dream. I would love to, you know, have this sort of fan base of people who would call in for my advice or audio recorded. It would be very cool. But I I ask people to send me and whoever my host is um, messages, usually on social media, and then we read them and answer them on the show. And, And what has been some of the questions that you've had to field? So we've gone a really big range. I think one of my, my favorites was someone saying that every time they pee, they can't not pee on themselves and like what to do. And I couldn't really have like, we, we struggled with that question because we had so many more questions from that, like <laughs> angles, what kind of toilet, like, how are you standing? You know, yes. water are you drinking? Like what's your pelvic floor tone? Like, you know, there's like kind of a lot of variables in that one. That's my, always my first question when I meet somebody. <laughs> What is your pelvic tone? What is your pelvic tone? We all, everyone needs to talk more about their pelvic floor. And this way you can kind of see how I'm kind of regressing becoming my mother. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. But do you feel naturally inclined to uh, teach, to give advice? Um, It feels narcissistic to say that, but I love, I do love giving advice. And when I was growing up, I used to love reading the like Dear Abby or Ann Landers in the newspaper. Oh yeah. I thought it was fascinating. And, um, I always toyed around with the idea of like an advice column when I, before I was doing comedy. And so when, you know, the quarantine started, it felt like a natural progression to kind of take that old interest. And then the format works nicely for not being, being able to be around people, I think. Yes. And, and what do you think is the best advice you've ever gotten? Oh my God. Go to therapy. Probably. <laughs> it's valid. It's broad. It like applies to, you know, all aspects of your life from there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good, that's kind of a gateway advice, I think. It's yeah. Solid. Um, now, did I have it correct that you uh, were once a teacher though, or you maybe still are and you taught uh, sexual education? Yeah. So I wasn't a straight up teacher. I, I worked for a nonprofit and I trained college students to teach sexual health education to ninth graders. So I kind of managed them in the classroom and would, would go. So it was like, I, taught the teacher, I suppose. And then sometimes if I was in a classroom and like the kids were rowdy or there was a volunteer that didn't show up, I would actually teach the workshop, but that wasn't all my day to day, but essentially. Yeah. That. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's such important work. And I remember vividly my, uh, you know, middle school uh, talk there, they brought all the fellas into the gym and the gym teacher said, put some questions on a piece of paper. And then he put them in a hat mm-hmm. and then he pulled out uh, the question. And the first question uh, I won't tell you what it was, but it involved being <laughs> intimate with a farm animal. And oh. <laughs> uh, after that, they put the thing back and set the hat aside and made us go run laps. And that concluded all of my sex education. You really got what you needed from that. It sounds like you yeah, kind of well, learned, learned a lot. I did. And then uh, I, I, the rest I picked up in the streets. Yeah. You uh, know, it's like <laughs> you got, so everyone's going to pick up something from the streets. I think even if yeah. you have a progressive sex ed- education, it's like, you got to be able to put that knowledge into action, which I think is the failing of most, most sexual health education programs. They don't want, they don't want kids to do that, but teens are going to do it with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I also lived in a few communes, so, you know, you pick things up here and there. (laughs) (laughs) It's part of the culture. That's right. I'm a lifelong learner. Yeah. Uh, So, (laughs) well, uh, what advice would you give me if uh, I was considering uh, dumping all of my crystals into a river? Uh, I would say, well, one, like, don't litter. Don't make the crystals the litter. Do they fit into the environment? You know, I, I thought they were natural rocks anyway, so I didn't. I did not consider the litter angle of this. Well, if I have to tell you, if I found an amethyst floating in the Chicago River, I would be scared. You I would, would be like, scared. I would be like, how how did this get here? It looks, um, you know, pretty and clean and like not polluted. Yeah. See, but you're attuned to nature. I can tell. Um, okay. Is it the overalls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. There's All a right. definite farmer vibe. Yeah, I'm going for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's very nice. Um, uh, well, uh, this is, and, and do you get into that? Are you going to uh, have, you have some candles around? Do you have some uh, chakra t-shirts or anything? No chakra t-shirts, but I, I do have some candles around somewhere. And, you know, I've been known to build an altar or two in my day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's such a great uh, scene out there in Chicago right now, too, isn't there? So many wonder. I mean, a lot of them have moved out and they're around the country, but yeah. they started there in Chicago. It's a, it's a great uh, scene that you've been a part of, I think, too. I do love doing comedy here. I, I feel like coming up in Chicago is so wonderful because it's, it is smaller, which, of course, is, you know, nowhere is perfect. But um, there, I do feel like there can be a sense of community. And at least doing stand-up, I really like being free of, kind of the theater system where I don't have to do stand up like at a specific building or anything like that. Yes. And with it, what's the one thing you're going to run out and do once this is all over? Oh my God. I want to go to the hideout and I want to drink um, a glass of white wine. <laughs> Sounds Very good. basic, but I do love the hideout. <laughs> Well, it sounds like a wonderful idea. And, you know, if I'm ever there, I'd love to uh, uh, maybe meet up at the Wiener Circle, uh, oh my God, sna of snap a selfie at the Bean, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, just kind of <laughs> hang out there. Uh, you're going to be doing any shows, anything coming up? You know, I actually don't. I kind of put my show on hold in the last couple of weeks. I just haven't felt that motivated. Um, but, yeah, so I guess no is the short answer to that question. That's but, okay. Valid. Yeah, it's like I don't. No one needs my POV right now, and that's okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you were here to share it with us, and uh, this has been a delight, Claire. Thank you so much for yes. being here. Uh, we'll uh, maybe we'll call into your advice show too. That would be great. Oh, I love I love to you know dive deeper into the crystals. <laughs> yeah, and maybe just snap a picture of the ritual down at the lake. You don't have to spend a lot of time, but I'd love to see it. I'll get some behind the scenes footage for you. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> that. Well, happy solstice to you, Claire Austin Smith. Thanks Thank for being you. here. Course. Delightful. Wonderful. Okay. Well, our next guest, oh, involved in a great many projects, uh, from restaurants to comedy, and now dating. Uh, let's get into it with comedian and co-host of the Feeling Asian podcast, Young Me Mayor. Young Me. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. You're in a very evocative and pink place. Yeah, it's. I'm at work. Oh, terrific! Now, Sexy. what is what is the work? Um, so I own a restaurant, and it recently reopened. Oh, well, um, and so I'm here working. Well, that's great. It's a, you're an essential part of the city, and uh, yeah. I hope that you're able to to move some units. Yeah, I mean, we we're doing takeout and delivery right now which yeah. has been kind of exciting it's kind of weird because there's no more service involved it's just like handing little bags and then stepping away from a window <laughs> right now oh, I, I, I don't, we don't have to say exactly where it is if you don't want to but i believe i've been to the restaurant and uh, mm -hmm. my my mouth has never been uh, tingly more tingly than than when i went there uh, <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a pepper involved in some of the dishes you have yeah, it's um, I'm 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 totally open to say it. It's called Mission Chinese Food. Um, I'm in the one in the Lower East Side right now, but we also have one in Bushwick, and we are known to really love using the Szechuan peppercorn. What are yeah. you talking about? What is it about yeah. that pepper that makes your mouth uh be set in such a way where all of your nerve endings are kind of exposed? I I don't know. It's like uh, it's just the it's, it's like just a type of spice, you know, like. When you eat wasabi or hot mustard, that's like just a specific type of spice. Szechuan peppercorn has like a numbing, they call it like a tingly effect. I feel like it makes you horny. Oh, well, uh -oh. that's a nice little addition. <laughs> <laughs> Me personally. I, I wish I knew that going in. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know. Now I know. I was focused on the wrong sensations, which often happens. <laughs> Um, now, uh, have, uh, so you're, you're back there, you're getting it. Now, I understand that you also uh, have started with this dating program yes, on Instagram. Um, yep. So, you know, I'm single. I'm famously single, I would say. Um, <laughs> meaning I'm not famous, but I like talking about it all the time. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, 
you know, when, when all this quarantine started, I was like, how am I going to go on my chaotic hot mess dates? You know, how are, how's anyone going to be a hot mess? And, um, me and my fellow comedian friend on were discussing like the future of dating. And we were like, Oh, what if we like hook people up over Instagram live, like people who don't know each other and they yes. just met each other for the first time in front of everyone on Instagram live. And so we started this Instagram account called Insta date live. And, and how is it going so far? Do, do people respond well to that, to being in that environment? Yeah. You know, people really like watching it. Cause like they, we have like regular like viewers that will come and like leave really funny comments and they sort of roast the people that go on dates. Um, the, the daters themselves, some people yes. get really, really nervous. Um, and then some people get really, really drunk, which is interesting. But but then sometimes people have like real connections and they like, you know, because I text them afterward and I talk to them and they're like, oh, I really want to meet this person or see this person again. So sometimes it works out weirdly enough. I would imagine so. And and you'd yeah. think that more people would do this kind of thing because I remember the days of uh, online dating. You never really knew uh, uh, what you were getting into there. But yeah. uh, this is a nice introduction without having to leave your house. Uh, there's no like real safety issue, I would think, which is probably good. Yeah. And also I try to, cause I matchmake too, which is weird. I don't really know what I'm doing, but for a lot of times it does work out. Like I just go on vibes and like yes. general interests and it yeah. does work out. Yeah. I think that we have to listen to the vibes a little bit more. The intuition. Yeah, we've lost that yep. somewhere along the way. But especially yeah, in matters of the heart, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and have you yourself yeah. gone any of, on any of these kind of dates? Okay, so I went on I went on one like Zoom date, and it went okay. But I did get really, really drunk because I think I was really nervous. And then it was weird because then I was like, okay, good night. And then I turned off the screen and then I was like sitting in my bedroom, like drunk. And I was like, what is this? It felt very bizarre. Yeah. A little, yeah. Just awkward fun. with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> my goodness. Uh, All alone. <laughs> but now you, you could, uh, now you know you could send over some of the pepper uh, in a dish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe ahead of time. What if, yeah, what about, what about you? Are you single? No, no, I, I, okay. I, I am, uh, I, I only did the online dating for a brief period of time there uh, after my uh -huh. uh, first uh, wife, we, when we uh -huh. broke up. Uh, but no, I'm married to a wonderful lady named Galinda. She's an energy healer. And uh, together we have a little yoga studio uh, near the Gowanus and we sell all sorts awesome. of, all sorts of homemade essential oil. You know, I think I might put some of that pepper in an essential oil. You should. It would be like a good massage thing, I think. Oh, yes. Right? Yes, full body tingles. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm liking that. Uh, I like that. <laughs> and then the, 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 the podcast, you talk about feelings. Is that it? Speaking yes, of intuitions. I, yeah, I also have a podcast. Oh, my God. I, I am doing way too much. I'm doing so much and nobody wants anything to do with it. <laughs> um, so I, have I know a, the I have feeling. A <laughs> um so i have a podcast it's um it's about me and my co-host brian park who is also a comedian we talk about being asian and we talk about being the children of immigrants and we talk about our mental health which is kind of taboo in our culture oh is that true there's not a lot of talking about what's going on inside yeah, I like in Asian cultures in general, it's it's pretty taboo. It's like not something that people discuss openly. Of course, that's kind of a stereotype and a generalization. And it's changing now. But I mean, even now we talk about stuff that I feel like a lot of a lot of my friends talk about openly and we'll get listeners that DM me and tell me that they've never heard anyone talking about something like that, you know? And it gets yeah. kind of deep, but you know, most sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's really sad, you know. That's life. That is the work, isn't it? You have that's to dig the in. Sauce. There. Yep. <laughs> that's the sauce. Yep. That's the sauce. <laughs> now I call, uh, uh, I call that the pulsation. See, I like this. I like the the pulsation is a good word for it. Intuition, all of these things, and especially now around the solstice, we're amplifying all of those feelings within ourselves, trying to get attuned. 
uh, to the yeah. cosmic vibrations out there. Yeah. Have you ever been to a psychic? I have. Okay, so this is the thing. I think I am a psychic. Yeah. I see ghosts. Yeah. I see. Um, so I've been, but you know, there's a big part of me that I'm like big into like science and things making sense. So um, I kind of shy away from saying things like that. But recently I've been like, no, maybe I should explore this. But I have not been to an actual psychic. No. Okay. Have you, how about a haunted house? I, well, I, like I said, I see ghosts all the time. So all the time. I see them all the time. Huh? Yeah. Like down the, walking down the street. Well, it used to just be like, it would just happen every once in a while. And I would be like, okay, I would just like ignore it or think that I saw something out of the corner of my eye. And then now I'm like fully embracing it. So if it happens, I'm like, oh, maybe this is what it is. Good. Yeah. Good. I would think being quarantined in a haunted house would be pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like I see them everywhere. So it's like everything is haunted. Oh, well, that's even worse. <laughs> No, but maybe it's okay. Maybe if they're, I mean, seeing ancestors is not necessary. Not all ghosts are bad. Listen, not all ghosts are bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, none of them have been bad experiences. Yeah. So who knows? Listen, I like honoring our spirits, our forefathers. Let's think of it that way. And for yeah. people, for mothers, all of them. Yes, I agree. <laughs> oh, good. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sometimes I get down a little path. Uh, anyhow, uh, well, young me, uh, you're going to be doing some, the, the Instadate live show continues. The podcast continues. Yeah. You got the restaurant open. Uh, th uh -huh. Things are moving forward for you. And I hope they yeah. continue. I know that they're going to do that and that you will do well with them. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I, I hope that uh, the visits are positive and uh, that all continues uh, in, in that positive direction. Um, and we'll find you again somewhere on Instagram or something. Or we'll come by the restaurant. Yeah, come by. Get some tingles. I'll be here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Young me, Mayor, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> well, oh, now we're talking about our feelings and spirits and all of that. It's time to bring back our musical guest uh, for the evening, Jen Mundia. Jen There she is. All right. Or, or should I say Essa, Essa Balu? Yeah, nailed it. Look at you. You're a regular Kenyan. Look at you. Well, <laughs> well thank you very much. Uh, and what is the origin of Essa Balu? So that is the village where my grandmother is. Um, and it's uh, my, par my parents um, have an orphanage there for underprivileged children in Kenya. Wonderful. I'm grabbing that name and taking all of that energy. And yes. Artistry, yeah. Yes, we honor those who came before. Well, that's beautiful. Now you're going to sing a song for us, and I'm going to let I'll let you do it. If you need to introduce it, uh, by all means, go forward. Yeah, I'm just going to get into it. This is uh, the new single, Wildfire, dropped on Monday. Music video is out today. Go check it out. Uh, I hope you like it. All right. I don't have to close my eyes to see a dream in you I won't let a day go by without getting some from you the perfect rendezvous we can't run from what we've done we can't shine what we call love it's rushing in so let it flow brace yourself
Sabalu, wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And uh, people, you said you could get the album or you can get that single somewhere? Yep. It's on Spotify right now, iTunes, Apple Music, all that good stuff. And uh, I'm at Asabalo Music on Instagram. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. It was Thank wonderful. You. All right. Uh, terrific. My goodness. My goodness. Okay. Uh, well, our next guest is making a return appearance uh, uh, with us here on The Deep Night. Uh, one of my favorite comedians out there. She's been on Comedy Central, MTV, CISO. You understand, before Quibi, there was CISO. Uh, she was a Just for Laughs new face. She's got a new album out right uh, now called Chanel Number no. One, Chanel Ali. Whoop. Hi. There we go. Hello. I can hear you. Hi. We did it. <laughs> it's wonderful um, chanel i missed your voice dale I, I tell you you could teach a class called potions i'd take it twice <laughs> well <laughs> i'm jotting that down and we'll do it uh, <laughs> it's all about follow through though isn't it uh chanel congratulations <laughs> on the uh, on the new album it's absolutely terrific very funny thank you so much you know i didn't plan to release an album during a pandemic slash civil rights movement but i do think that my curly hair is timely i think it's okay <laughs> so uh, i'm really happy to start my comedy legacy here and my album is on napster can you believe that N napster didn't even know it still existed they put my album on it if i can go back in time and tell 13 year old chanel one day your stuff's going to be on napster wow <laughs> <laughs> that's almost like being on limewire you know because yeah. that it's crazy. <laughs> well, I'll get a zip disk and put all the music I downloaded. Uh, well, that's uh, that's terribly exciting. Uh, <laughs> that's good. Now, uh, you are, uh, I thought you were going to be in Brooklyn, and then you popped up, and now you're in some kind of lodge. Yes, I'm up in the, in the woods of Pocono, Pennsylvania. I decided to get out of New York um, almost four months ago. Uh, mostly because all the comedy clubs closed. And I was like, well, I don't see what I need to be here for. <laughs> <laughs> but you haven't been doing comedy there, have you? I have been doing comedy here. I've been doing it from this very spot on apps like this one. Yes. Uh, watching people say LOL in the comment box feels terrible. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I can <laughs> imagine. Although that would be great if I could see just one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, do uh, uh, do you uh, see, because I thought when you were in New York, you had a kind of roommate situation. So I would imagine that would be tough to do a lot of Zoom things with them. But uh, is, is you have a little bit of privacy there in the Poconos? Yes, I do. Much more so than I did in New York, because I had three male roommates and they were all also comedians. 
fight yeah. for stage time in your own home. Like who needs that type of drama? Uh, but yeah, now I have uh, way too much space, a very big house that just me and my boyfriend and his dog are occupying. And uh, it just seems like every day we become 10 years older. It seems like we're watching fish and just, you know, cleaning things. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, are you able to get out into nature? Are you near a lake or something? Yes, yes. There's a lot of nature everywhere. We see deer every day. I saw a snake today. I saw a snake, took a picture of it, went on about my day. It's like, who, who do I think I am? I never thought this could happen. So it's been a whirlwind. I The other day, somebody hit me up on Instagram and said, hey, are you on a ranch? Did you buy a ranch? And I wish I did, but it does feel like that's the lifestyle I'm living. Yeah. Well, be careful. It could become permanent. You could buy a ranch. I know. You know, you think about it. People like Dave Chappelle, he lives in Ohio. He lives in the middle of nowhere with his his family because that's what keeps him sane. So I don't know. Maybe I'm a mountain lady. What What's happening? Oh, that's just an exciting development. <laughs> Not what I thought was going to happen. I spent a lot of time there as a teen in the Poconos. Uh, yeah. So I'm very familiar with that terrain and spending time in an A-frame and being out on the lake in a canoe. Yeah, that good mountain air. I like it. Yeah, I rolled a moped there. Uh, I went to a teen dance night at the Mount Airy Lodge. Risque. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty happening fella for a young man. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what were you scared of the snake though? Did it? Did it? Were you cautious around it? I wasn't that scared. I've seen a few since I've been here, and it's crazy how quickly you adapt when your life changes. Because in New York, any type of bug freaks me out. But now I'm I'm talking to bugs. I'm like, what's up? You trying to get in here? I know it's cool inside. I know. <laughs> Well, I think this is interesting because it may also expand your uh, uh, realm of references for comedy because you are involved in the Friars Club. Is that okay to talk about? Yeah, it is. I am a friar. That's pretty exciting. Uh, Traditionally kind of what I would assume is an old white guy club, but uh, maybe they've changed it. It is. It is. I am definitely the diversity portion of the Friars Club. Um, I remember thinking that when I got inducted that maybe I was the youngest, but they actually checked the book and it was like the youngest was an 18-year-old singer from like Berlin that they had made a friar. And I was like, interesting, interesting. But yeah, it's even walking around there feels like I shouldn't bump into things. Like maybe I'll break something. It's, uh, It's this incredible mansion in the middle of New York City that's just old and has butlers. And sometimes I go and sit in it. And write things. It's weird. <laughs> this sounds very weird. And I'm a little jealous. Uh, but do you find yourself maybe feeling like you want to roast some of the animals you come across? Oh, yes. Of course. Of course. I, If, if anything, becoming a friar got my roasting skills up high. You know, I, right. I anybody can get it. Nobody's safe. <laughs> 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 right. Well, you know, I spent a lot of time here at the HQ looking out this window uh, because that's where my desk is. And this is my kitchen table, my business table, my everything. And I look out this window and I just am fascinated by the social uh, life of this tree. And I'm trying to understand the community of it. Like, how far do squirrels go? Do the same squirrels come back? Do they live in a hole? Nobody yeah. has studied squirrels, to my knowledge, so maybe no one knows. But th- that's the kind of thing that you could be paying attention to and then also kind of sticking it to them. And I have been, you know, we have a, a really cool pond in our backyard that ha- has about 40 fish. Some are koi, some are catfish, some are like various kinds we don't know. And we just have been wondering, are they experiencing the same type of civil unrest that the rest of the world is going through? Like, yeah. are they? Stressed out? What type of things are happening in this society that we're not privy to? And also, let's really think about it. Let's do their voices and pretend to be various types of fish until we sort it out. Yeah, yeah. I think I would be most nervous to approach a walleye, but uh, it might be the kind of thing where if you can at least open up a dialogue with them, they might be willing to change some of their kind of old ideas about the pond. You just got to find common ground. That's all that is. You do. I don't trust a perch. (laughs) I didn't know you had these type of prejudices, but here we are. (laughs) Well, if you want to get into it. (laughs) As I said, I spent some time there as a teen. I'm no stranger to ponds in the Poconos. 
Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> well, <laughs> interesting's a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> now, uh, speaking of homes, uh, we probably talked about this before, but we're both from Philadelphia. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> and I got to say, I'm for tearing all of these statues down. But the one I was most excited for was that Frank Rizzo sculpture. That statue. Oh. I loved it. Get out of here. Yeah. And also, it's just been up for so long. It's in such a prime spot of the city that you can't really not go anywhere without passing it and it's just an eyesore honestly it was just yeah. not in front of the big police department building i was like get it out of here get it out of there and you know listen i'm no fan of public art in general but uh i th i think there's an opportunity here for for the, the statues to either be replaced and i don't know if you have suggestions for that uh, my personal idea is that they would be maybe a little cuter and do more be a little you less know, racist and do more like I light up there's some there's certain parts of being a Philadelphian that we don't acknowledge enough. I want a full size statue of every person in the Roots, every, the whole Roots crew. I want it. I want, um, you know, well we already have a Rocky statue, but you know, like let's get the 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 crazy guy from the Phillies. What's his name? Grizzly or something? Oh, from the Flyer, Gritty. Yeah. Gritty. Yes, let's get him in there. Yeah. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Very yeah. underrated Philadelphia native. Get him in there. Tina Fey, uptown, not right, right on the outskirts. Upper Darby, right? Upper Darby. Why not a whole cheesesteak statue? Let's get crazy. You know? It's just like, why do we have to make it such a thing? Why can't why can't it just be a thing that everybody agrees on? Yes. You know, Night yes. Shyamalan is interesting. <laughs> yes. So I'm seeing a light up cheesesteak. As the, as the gateway to Philadelphia. Let's unite us all with steak and cheese, bread. It's all I've ever wanted, Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about advice earlier. Do you have any good advice? Oh, so much advice. I don't even know where to start. Um, but if anything, I can tell, I can tell everybody, don't be, don't be worried if things bother you. If you see things that it bothers you, don't feel bad about being bothered because that's just a sign that you have a good heart and that you want things to change. That's very good advice, Chanel. I really appreciate that. And uh, I appreciate you being here, joining us from the Mountain uh, Resort. Uh, this has been <laughs> terrific. And uh, people can get the album, Chanel Number 1, everywhere, as you said, even on Napster. But do you, you get money if you get it on Napster? I better, or else... <laughs> Or else lawsuit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You'll be responsible for bringing Napster down a second time. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt it. <laughs> well, Chanel, thank you so much for being here. It's lovely to see you. See you soon. Okay, take care. Wonderful. Uh, now, uh, we're bringing things uh, home tonight with our next marvelous guest joining us from Los Angeles. You've seen her on a Black Lady sketch show, Shrill, The Opposition with Jordan Klepper, Grace and Frankie, and an episode of one of my favorite shows, Casey Undercover. Uh, here she is, Nicole Thurman. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Nicole. How are you? Doing good. How are you? I can't, I'm good. I can't believe you said Casey Undercover is one of your favorite shows. That's great. Oh, yes. <laughs> I followed along all the way through uh, Zendaya. Oh, awesome. uh, just doing great work. Yes, she is. She is. Yes. She's everywhere. It's amazing. Yeah. Teenage spies. Yeah. I love it. That's right. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. It's really fun. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, uh, I don't know how things are on the West Coast. Uh, I lived there for yeah. a time, and now we also have the helicopters, and it's making uh -huh. me feel a little nostalgic for my time in LA. Oh, yeah. I mean, if that's, I feel like that's a very common sound in Los Angeles. If after a while, especially like the last couple of weeks when the like, uh, protests and rioting was kind of happening, that was like almost like white noise. It was just, they just fly over your head and like circle over your head for hours. It's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 It's you'll, a lot. you'll miss it when you leave, I guess. But yeah, I kind of like the white noise of it. So I'm just like, oh, whatever. You know, at first I'm like, what are they doing? And I'm just like, they could stay for a little bit. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Now we don't have the earthquake scares or the constant fear of wildfires, of course, but we're only halfway through 2020. So yeah, I, I mean, the thing is this, you never know an earthquake could hit New York tomorrow just because like, oh. whatever. 
the way yes. things are going, we have murder hornets, we have everything just happening at once. So you did, never know. Did you have a plan for 2020? Yeah, I had a ton of plans for 2020. I, uh, it's really funny actually that you say that because I have, I, I like got really intense at the end of 2019 and I was like, I have all these goals. I'm going to make all these goals. So I wrote like a bunch of like lists almost of like things that I want to accomplish and how I want to accomplish them and just like little, you know, inspiring things. And so every morning when I get out of bed, it's just on the wall. And I, when, when everything started getting so crazy, I was like, should I just take this stuff off the wall? <laughs> I was like, do we have goals anymore? Or do we just kind of like want to make it through to the end of the year? Is that, is that the goal now? You know, I think so. Yes. A lot of vision boards have to be maybe just turned around and placed against the wall for a <laughs> Yeah. We're going to, we're going to put them against the wall. We're going to turn it around and like, don't give up hope, but just like, don't necessarily get mad that you're not accomplishing things on your vision board. It's not happening it, right now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and that uh, uh, makes me wonder about this. How are you doing mentally? Because I know there's a lot of uh, uh, grief. There's a lot of pain and desire for change, but also a lot of, oh, my God, how did I just waste three hours uh, staring oh at the wall? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I've been so bad. Like, I've been I'm really bad about like I'm really into Twitter. And so I end up just like refreshing Twitter and looking at my feed all day and like getting really into social media. But like, honestly, to be honest, I have been weirdly calm and positive, positive throughout this whole experience. Like, I feel a little bit like, sorry, my noise canceling is off. It's making me not hear my voice. Okay. Um, but I have been like, I think it's like this weird thing, like where you're kind of, when you're kind of an anxious, neurotic person, then all of a sudden it's like everyone is on your level because everything is so crazy it's all of the bad things that you kind of picture in your head except for more because I never pictured pandemic in my head and so like there's something in this weird way that's been like well it's all so out of control that I can't even be stressed about it because it's just like it is what it is yes so it's been a little bit of that it's completely overwhelming and it's one of those things where it's like if you try to control it if you try to be like what's it going to be like next week or like when is it going to be different or when am i going to work again or whatever then you're going to go crazy because you can't we have no control over it so i've really just been trying to like i don't know get through day to day not focus too big picture because there's no point we're all and 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 one thing that's kind of nice and scary i guess but like nice in my opinion is that we're all uh, a little lost and a little bit like not knowing what's happening. We don't know what's happening with anything. Kids work. Like, what are we doing? We don't know. And so that part to me has actually felt kind of nice and kind of just like, it's a reset. If you take it as a reset, it just depends on how you're like, you get it in your head about it. If you can just think of it as like a reset or just like a time to like really slow down because we don't slow down. I mean, New York, LA, Chicago, it's like, we're all just going and hustling all the time. Cause that's like our vibe. But Maybe if we just take this moment to be like, I'll never have this time again when I'm right. not working and I don't even really have to feel guilty about it because there's no job to be looking for right now, you know? <laughs> right. So that, I don't know. So I've been kind of just like chill. Well, that's Long good. Answer, but you know. No, no. And I understand that the, the, there's the, uh, the overwhelmingness of the big picture, but there's also that uh, we can focus on small things and try to get through yeah. those. In fact, you are a keen observer of nuance and little character moments. And uh, I was wondering, um, first of all, where do you think that comes from? I think the, the truthful answer is it comes from me being very judgy. <laughs> <laughs> in my mind and like I'm a very like I get like bothered by like weird or annoying things that people do easily and so I'm constantly like watching like um if you're talking about like videos or things that I make like a lot of that kind of comedy or like my tweets or whatever they come from me like I'll be sitting in like line with somebody that's just like being annoying and like saying like just acting in a certain way and I'm like oh my god and so then it's like I I joke about that because it's like a way to like kind of like release it and just like kind of laugh it off as opposed to just being frustrated by people all the time. So I think, I just think I just am constantly observing people and maybe it's like an actor thing too, of just like you, you, you see people, you're always kind of watching them and watching their behaviors and you start to just notice their little quirks and things. Right. Well, I would think yeah. zoom would also be good for that because we're all just looking at each other all the time. Yeah. 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 Just watching it is. what and happens. Yeah, we're watching what happens. We're watching ourselves because I think that's a big thing that people talk about too is that you're constantly like worried about being engaged and like how you're perceived and 
you know, whatever it is. Um, and so it is really interesting, like just watching people. And that's this pandemic has been interesting for observing people too, because I mean, some people, they just cannot handle it because they need to be around people or they need to be, you know, on stage or whatever it is. And having to be at home and kind of like face to face with just yourself at home, it's hard for some people. And so I've been noticing a lot of that too. It certainly can be. And uh, we're yeah. trying to use this platform for everything. I had a Zoom physical the other day. And, I had a, uh, yeah, I had a big old telehealth thing. Yes. Uh, they called and said, you need to have your physical. So I said, fine. And we, the doctor came on. She said, let's forget this never happened or this ever happened, which is not the first time a doctor has said that to me. But uh, this was uh, the thing. She said, we can't do this. I can't do a physical online. It right. just doesn't, which when you say it out loud, makes perfect sense. Of Absolutely. course they can't. What are they going to do? Um, but it, right. was a, it was awkward. Can't do everything on this thing. Yeah, that's too much. Yeah, I've only I had one doctor's appointment, but it was like a dermatologist, and I was just like, "What's this?" <laughs> like, she's like, "I mean, it looks fine, but then again, we're through a computer. I have no idea." So, yeah, it's <laughs> yes. crazy. Now, I thought we would uh, do a one quick uh, Zoom game here uh, together okay. because I can okay, find you and uh, you can tell a lot about a person by what's within reach. So uh, because uh, I don't know what else is around there, we're just going to reach for one thing. It has to be reachable and, and then okay. bring it bring it into into the screen. So are you ready? You just can't sure. get up. It just has to be right there. And we'll just see yeah. what's what's there out of frame. All right. Exciting. I have a lot of crap on this table, but it's all like weird stuff. All right. That's nothing. Let's just grab one thing. Okay. Oh, that's not me. You have a little stress reliever thing there. Yeah, a little uh, lacrosse ball. You can roll uh, your shoulder and stuff out. I always hurt myself. That's what this is. I hurt myself all the time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, that's good for the, uh, if you have the um, uh, plantar fasciitis, you can roll your oh, uh, foot on that. Yeah. Oh, that's I have, cool. I have my pillow. And uh, <gasps> what is if you do this. <laughs> There's oh my God, some I love it. Yeah. Uh, so that's just something I have. Yours is way cooler. At the ready. Dang. Always here. I live wow, from you're this just like desk. you played a game so that you could show a cool pillow with your face on it, I think. You tricked me. Maybe. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I have other things I could grab too. But uh, now, uh, the future, though, it, it's a little, as you said, it's un everything's uncertain. Everything's up for grabs. It's not exactly what I was picturing because I didn't imagine it, just, just as you said. But in the news today, uh, I, I gather scientists were talking that there's a, a, a black hole that they watched spit out some kind of blob which I'm very intrigued by. If that's a new okay. universe, I'd be very interested in getting in on the ground floor of a blob community. Put me out there. Right? Great. It's like make a, you can make a fun sitcom, like Meet the Blobs, and it's just like the Blob family chilling in Black Hole. Yes, please. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Sign me yeah. up. Like, why not? <laughs> I'm SAG. I could do it. Uh, so, okay. And then, and then uh, B, they said there's 36 intelligent civilizations out there in the Milky Way. Really? Really? How do they know that? Is it from the, do the astronauts go and like hang out with them and then don't take pictures but come back? I don't know how they got to that number, but I also don't know how Chanel knew there were 40 fish in that pond. I guess you that's just true. make a reasonable guess. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. There. But that would you be excited to meet an alien? It depends. I mean, if it was ET, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like E.T., you know, that, that alien, because yeah. um, he was so cute. And you could put him in a little dress, and he'd be like, Elliot, that's cute. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it's hard. It's like, what if they were really mean or, like, or like destroyed Earth? I mean, I don't know. My anxiety says you don't want to meet an alien because they might, they're probably going to be mean and, like, destroy Earth. But it might be cool. And it might be – I think it'd be cool to be able to just, like, see them or to see other planets just in general. Because that's, that's just a crazy concept even, to think about space and other planets and other worlds like that. I love it. What were the blobs? Like, what are the blobs? They're aliens? No. Supposed, like, we don't know. We don't know what's happening out there. It's very, we, what we need is one of the Insta-date lives for the alien, that you could just, an Instagram live show where you just mm -hmm. pop in and see what's going what on. And then say, okay, no, I don't want to see you in a little dress or whatever the case may be. Now, working on the opposition, that show, do you mm -hmm. feel like that uh, prepared you at all for seeing the level of idiocy 
that we're having in elected officials. Yeah, I think it was, it's actually interesting because that show was on first season and it was what, 2017 to 2018. So it was like after Trump had gotten elected and before, and when stuff was like really starting to get real, it felt like. And I think um, it, it started to become, it started to get to a point where there was no parodying conservatives because conservatives had gotten so extreme within themselves. And I think that's part of the reason why the show isn't on anymore. And I think it was, it, it, you definitely could see it coming. I think it's what always still fascinates me though, is that how the right, how the Republicans continue to support him or just like not stop Trump. That's to me where it gets like, I never thought it would go that far just for a win, you know, because a lot of it just feels like they're just gunning for the win as opposed to thinking about the future or about the people. And I think as much as I thought it was going to get crazy, it got even crazier. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we're at the level of, uh, well, there's no cases if there's no tests. I mean, mean, if there's no scale, I haven't gained any weight. (laughs) Right. True. Great. We're all all thin and healthy. I love the idea, but in practice... It's not so good. And it's so weird when you see things like he was t- talking about the if, uh, if we do mail-in ballots, the Republicans will lose. And I'm like, bro, you're saying the quiet part out loud. <laughs> like, you're giving away yeah. that you guys are cheating. Like, it's just like everything. It's just, it feels so like he just says whatever he wants. He's just, I'm going to win regardless, no matter what. And it's like, you, but you're winning. But everybody sees the machine and they see all the lies. And for some reason, it's not stopping. It's just continuing to be piled on and piled on. And that's, yes. where, that's where it gets like, where's the limit here? Like, where are the goalposts? They keep moving for what's right. bad. Right. Yeah. But, uh, and, and we don't know. And gosh, I hope we get out of it. Uh, but in a, yeah. on, a, on a lighter uh, note, uh, you've been working on the Grace and Frankie show? Yeah, I'm going to be on a couple episodes of that next season. It's going to be their last season. It's great. Um, uh, yeah, that's like the last thing I did before all of this happened. I'm so lucky that I got to finish those jobs before this <laughs> oh that's yeah, yeah. and uh, uh you got to be careful around those ladies too because uh legends on that show can't be coughing near them uh, it was so here. funny yeah jane fonda's i worked with only jane and peter gallagher and they're both just like the best like jane is jane is so jane fonda in like the best way she's just like kind of intense but really nice and like she was like writing a book before we would shoot and then she's like calling her friend and talking about like coronavirus and global warming. She's just like, she's an amazing, she's like nonstop. And Peter Gallagher's just like the lo- most lovely human being. So it was, it was really nice. I felt really welcome there. It was great. Well, uh, and we hope that uh, things start up, but in a safe way. Uh, do you do you miss, not in a safe way store. I mean, in a way that is safe. Uh, although you were in the superstore thing too, right? That was I mean, of- I, I've been in the store. I know how to stock some groceries. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, but uh, what what will you miss most? What do you miss most about being on set? I miss being on set because that's the thing is like acting is a, a lot of it's just auditioning and shuffling and you know rejection or getting close to what you want and then not getting it. But I really miss working, and I really do feel like I was starting to get like because I had been on on the opposition, and then and then in the last couple of years, I've just been kind of taking jobs here and there and just working intermittently, which I'm, I'm so hungry for work that when the, when the, when I'm like done with my two days on set, I get like, Oh, I want to work again, you know? So I feel like I was like getting this nice momentum going again. So I'm just really excited to like be able to get back on set. And I feel like I'm going to go back with like this, like renewed energy from just having this break and knowing that I want to come back. I think that's important because I think some people are like, do I want to come back? And I'm like, I want to. So I think it'll be nice to get back on set and just work again. I love working. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I realized the other day that I like, I get excited when it's Monday because it's a work day, even though we're not even working right now. But it's like, I get excited because I love Monday. I'm just like, I love working. That's the opposite Garfield effect, I think, what's happening there. Uh, Well, that's uh, terrific. And you have some plans for the solstice or anything? I mean, I've heard you guys talk about, when is the solstice? It's coming up? Yes, this weekend, I think, 20th, 21st. Summer solstice? That's the one. Um, Real long day. A real long day. No, I have no plans. Um, oh, maybe go for a nice long walk, which is pretty much my plan every day. <laughs> <Not working. laughs> it sounds nothing good. that exciting. 
<laughs> well, uh, Nicole, it's been so nice to have you here. Thank you for yes. joining us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This was great. Yes, terrific. And uh, be well. Take care out there. Okay. And I'm sure thank things you. will get back at some point. And uh, uh, now I'd like to thank all of our guests uh, for being here. Um, uh, Jen and uh, Claire, Young Me, Chanel, Nicole. Uh, thanks to Shannon for producing. And thanks to everyone out there for, for tuning in. Uh, uh, remember that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Deep Night with Dale is independently produced and performed by James Bewley, Season 12 podcast icon, illustrated by Lars Litaro, Deep Night Season 12 theme by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the episode is provided by the talented roster at Haller Hills Farm in Ohio. Production studio space provided by Harvestworks here in New York City. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or tune in on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Thank you for listening, and this season, I encourage you all to leave your portals open. <laughs>